Amen, amen, amen. All right, well, we want to say again, welcome. It is so good to see everyone. If we have not met before, my name is Pastor Brendan Witten. I am the lead pastor here at Toronto City Church. Along with my wife, we serve together. I'm so thankful for her. Uh, and we just want to say welcome. We want to give an extra special welcome to anyone who's here with us for the first time. Got so caught up in first service, I totally forgot to welcome guests or anything like that. But we just want to welcome you. We're so glad you're here. You could be a lot of places today. You've chosen to be with us. That means a lot to us. So we want to say thank you for joining us. And here's what we want to ask. At the end of service, when you leave, you go out through those back doors. If you go straight across the lobby, we have what we call our Connect Center. And our Connect Center, we have a team member. We'd love to meet you, get to know you a little better, answer any questions that you have. And we also have a gift that we want to give you. Just something small from us, no strings attached, but just something from our heart to say thank you very much for joining us. So if you could do that, that would be amazing and wonderful. But let's just shift gears. Let's move right into the Word of God today. As you know, we've already mentioned it several times. Matthew was mentioning his leading worship. But today we complete Altered 2024, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Amen. We are finished. How many of you were participating in some way? If you just want to wave at me. Oh, man, that's amazing. Look at all those hands. Look at all the people. And I just want to start by saying, well done. Well done to each one of you who participated and involved. You made it. Amen. I know some of you partway through, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this. I don't be able to pull this off. But you know what? You made it. You guys did an amazing job. I was just so impressed over the last 21 days. I would talk to so many people. And yo, I was just so impressed by, you know, sometimes you're not really sure, like, you know, because there's different ways you can fast. Everybody's, but just the level of engagement from people was just so like, it made me so like godly proud. I you can't really be godly proud, but you know what I mean? It's just like, I was so like, just hearing people say, oh man, you know, oh, this is what I did now. And I was like, oh wow, you did that? Wow. You know, like it was just amazing. And so I want to say, well done. Well done. I mean, this was an accomplishment. And for many of you, especially if you've not done something like this before, an extra special well done. Because, you know, to do 21 days and to take this step of faith is really amazing. I mean, here's some things that I was really marked by. I, I was really marked over the last 21 days, again, by the level of fasting within our church family. Just people saying yes to God, people being willing to push themselves outside of their comfort zones, people being willing to sacrifice. There's people talking to me and say, oh yeah, I was fasting. And I honestly, I you know, I just, I didn't know them like that. I didn't know that they would just dive in like that. And so I love that. Secondly, I've been really marked over the last 21 days by the groundswell of prayer that we've seen. You know, we were talking, Pastor Sharon and I were commenting at one point, you know, whether it was Sunday night, whether it was Wednesday morning at 6 a.m., whether it was Friday nights when we did the 10 to 12 slot. I mean, we were saying, you know, what we're getting at 6 a.m. prayer used to be what we got for Friday night. And that's just people coming out early in the morning to pray and just the growth and the increase. I mean, even this last Friday, you know, we, sorry, I know we mixed up a few people because we went to 730 and we had some people show up to pray at 10 and I felt so bad, but you know, it's just, we got people just, they're like, Hey, I'm there. I'm showing up. I'm there to pray and I'm there to seek God. So I, I love the prayer. And, and, you know, I was really marked over the last 21 days by just the heart to seek God. You could see it at the altars. You could see it during worship. You could see it. And I love, I love the family that's just growing and forming here. I mean, we got to kick you all out of the building when we're done. I mean, you know, prayers there. We hour later, people are talking, and and you know that is just as spiritual as praying and fasting and reading our Bibles is loving one another, right? Because the great commandment is love our God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and love our neighbors. We love ourselves. Never think any less of building relationships and loving and serving one another because that's just as spiritual as praying and fasting and everything else that God asks of us. So, so I'm really excited. And so obviously today we got to take communion, break the fast. And my wife pointed out to me, she said, babes, you got to make it clear for all the C personalities like yourself that when, so when service is done, you can break your fast, okay? Just, you know, because some people are like, like, is it tonight? Is it whatever? You know, I thought, was I supposed to go till tomorrow morning? Now, if the Lord tells you, keep going, listen to Jesus and not to me. But if you're kind of up, like, when can we break? So, you know, as soon as this service is done, now I know some of you are sitting there thinking, I should have come to first service. But, you know, you're like, I knew I should have come to first service today. But, you know, it's just a little bit more, a little bit more. I promise I won't try and preach too long. So, but there is something, some of you may not want to hear this, but there's been such a grace to fast. How many are familiar with Lent? 
<laughs> Come be like, what are you saying here, Pastor? So, so Lent starts in two weeks, and I know it's a stretch, but I felt like the Lord say we need to fast 40 days for Lent this year too. I, I'm just joking, okay? I'm just joking. I, I just played around you guys, okay? I, I, I know because uh, some of you are going to throw something at me. You're like, <laughs> you're like, no, not today. Don't tell us that today. So, I mean, Toyin seemed ready to go. Toyin was ready to roll. So, yeah, yeah, together. She's saying together. So, Toyin is going to fast 40 days for Lent, and we're all going to pray for her as she does it, and and we're going to pray for her husband as she does it. And so, anyway, seriously, I I just, I love you guys. This has been amazing. So, so what I want to do today is I want to take some time, and this has become a cool part of our culture over the last several years, but I want to take some time to share with you just the word of the Lord for 2024. And so again, we started doing this several years ago where we take time in January to fast and pray and seek God. And I always love that because we listen first. We don't just jump right in. We take time to seek. We take time to listen. And so we're going to fast and, and pray and seek God. But part of what I'm listening to the Lord for is, okay, Lord, what's the word for the year? What's the word of what you're saying uh, for this year? Now, it's not meant to be like this legalistic thing. There's obviously many things that God will speak to us throughout the year, and there's many things that God is going to say to us. But I find, I just love this discipline of asking God for a word that will define the year, a word that will really set, you know, set the pace, set the tone, lay the foundation. And in doing that, in 2022, the word that God had given us was deeper. And, you know, that was a, a really amazing year. It was coming out of the pandemic and you know, at the start of the year, we were barely able to meet. It was still masks and 30% and social distancing. We really have been in trouble because we're packed today. Which, by the way, just some of you know, if you don't mind, we do have a 9 a.m. service. I'm not trying to make you go, but if you really don't care, there's a little more space because we're just trying to keep creating space for people. Uh, but 2022 is the year where God took us deeper. And then last year, 2023, was the year of faith. And we really felt like God was speaking to us. God built us in our faith last year. And so I want to take some time today to share the word with you. So let's pray and let's go before the Lord. And then we're going to dive in. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've made. We rejoice. We're glad in it. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have just to spend some time in your word, to dig deeper. And Lord, I thank you for how it builds our faith. And I thank you for speaking to us today. And I pray that we will not just be hearers of the word, but we will be doers in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me said, amen. So the word of the Lord for 2024, let's go to 1 Chronicles 22, 17 to 19. This has been our core text. And it says this, David also commanded all the leaders of Israel to help Solomon, his son, saying, is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you peace on every side? For he has delivered the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and his people. Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. That's where we've been parking for the last three three weeks. Everybody say with me, now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. And then we keep reading. It says, arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God may be brought into a house built for the name of the Lord. Family, in 2022, God was calling us deeper. In 2023, it was the year of faith. And 2024 is a year that I believe that God is calling us to build. 2024 is the year to build. Everybody say, it's a year to build. 2024 is a year where God is calling us here at Toronto City Church to go to a next level of not just going through the motions, but to build. And 2024 is also a year where God is calling you in your life to not just go through the motions, to not just survive, to not just barely to make it by, but is a year by God's grace, by God's strength, by God's power and God's wisdom for you to build. Everybody say it's a year to build. Let's start with the definition of build. To build means to construct by assembly or joining parts or materials together. To build is also to establish, to increase, and to strengthen. Family, I want you to know this afternoon, 2024, first and foremost, is a year that God is calling us to construct and God is calling us to assemble. Just as God called Moses up the mountain and he gave him a pattern for the tabernacle and gave him a pattern for how he was to build, God said this is a year where he wants to give patterns and he wants to give wisdom and insight for us corporately and personally to not just maintain, but to 
build. It is a year to assemble and it is a year to build. Also, 2024 is a year that God is calling us to join together. To build means to join something together. It's not just materials spread out, but in essence, when you build, you take different types of materials and you begin to join them in a strategic way. And so 2024 is a year corporately and individually that God's saying, listen, for how I'm going to call you to join together. Listen for how I'm going to call you into kingdom partnership in 2024. Look out for community. Lone Ranger Christianity is not going to cut it in 2024, but you need to be joined with those that God has called you to be joined with so you can build together. Somebody say it's a year to build. 2024 is also a year God is calling us to establish. It's a year for new things. It's a year for foundations being laid and foundations being built. And what I love about establish is there's a permanency to establishing. When you establish something, it's not meant to be short term, but it is meant to be permanent. It is meant to be long lasting. And there's many things this year that God is saying, I want to establish in you and I want to establish through you if you allow me to work in you by my spirit so that you can build. For 2024 is also a year for increase. God is calling us for increase in 2024. I want you in your life to not just think maintenance in 2024, but to look for where God is breathing on increase. Increase in your family. Increase in your marriage. Increase in getting married if you're not married in Jesus' name. Just don't do it too quickly, all right? We don't want to rush wedding. No rush shotgun wedding. But some of you in here, you've been dating somebody for a long time, it's time to hear God either get married or don't do the relationship anymore, but it's time to move forward and to increase in Jesus' name. It's okay. I love you. I'm just going to tell you the truth. God wants to increase our church in 2024. God wants to increase if you and I will have the heart to say, yes, Lord, we will build. Somebody say it's a year to build. 2024 is also a year that God is calling us to strengthen. He is calling us to strengthen ourselves in him. He's calling us to strengthen what he's asked of us. He's called us as a church to strengthen. It is a year for us to construct and assemble. It is a year for us to join together. It is a year for us to establish. It is a year for us to increase. It is a year for us to strengthen. Somebody say with me, 2024 is a year to build in Jesus name. Now let's dig a little deeper into what the word of God says regarding building. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Everybody say on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against this house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Let me share several things from this passage regarding building for 2024. First and foremost, above all else, in 2024, God wants us to build, but he wants us to make sure we build on the rock. Everybody say build on the rock. You can build, but not build on the rock. You can do things and move forward and have dreams and visions, but it's not founded on the rock. But Jesus is very clear that when we build, we need to make sure we build on the rock. Now, the first part of building on the rock, according to this passage, is hearing the word of God. If we're going to build in 2024, we've got to make sure that we build in regular time in the scriptures and the word of God. We've got to make sure we're building daily time in God's word. One of my hearts is that every person here, every person under the sound of my voice, you have a devotional life. You have your daily appointment with Jesus. That is not just when you come to church on a Sunday or when you go to a connect group or just this here every once in a while, but you have a daily consistent foundation of building in your life of time in the word of God. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 4 verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If we're going to build, the foundation has to be Jesus. It has to be on the rock and we have to build by hearing the word. But all do we need to hear the word because that's not where it stops, but we also need to what? Do the word. And so if we're going to build in 2024, we need to be people who hear the word because you can't do something you don't hear. You can't do something you're not hearing. And some of us, we love God, we're following him, but we're not hearing the word enough. So there's not enough that we can do to build what God's called us to do. But God has called us to be people in 2024 who go even to a greater level of doing the word of God. Everybody say, do the word. 
So if we're going to be builders, we want to hear the word. If we're going to be builders, we want to make sure that we do the word. 2024 is a year that we must dig a deep foundation of being disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the discipleship that's in this house. But family, can I say to us, I believe there's even more. I believe that there's even more that God would call us into as disciples. We want to make sure that we are disciples in this house and not just fans of Jesus. What do I mean by that? I don't know if we have any football fans in the place, but there's a couple big football games happening a little later today. My son and I have been talking about the football game, so some of you could care less. Just work with me on this example for a moment. But you know what? They're going to gather in these stadiums, and there's going to be thousands and thousands of people that come and sit and watch and cheer them on. Furthermore, there's going to be millions on TV that cheer them on, but they're just fans. They're not actually in the game. They're armchair quarterbacking. They got their extra double foot long hot dogs with chili cheese and their, you know, their beer or their soda or whatever else. And they cheer them on. But there's a big difference between being a fan and cheering someone on the field and getting on the field and actually engaging yourself. And see, obviously, none of us in here, maybe somebody around here could ever be on that field because we don't have physically what it takes. But in the kingdom of God, we all have what it takes to be on the field. Will we build as disciples? disciples of Jesus in 2024 and not just fans. Family, it's going to be a year of great glory, but it's also going to be a year of spiritual warfare and taking ground. And God is strengthening us for the journey. God is Sam Kai. I reminded of Nehemiah. I didn't give this to the team to reference, but when they were rebuilding the walls, right? The year to build, they're rebuilding the walls and the enemy was rising up against them to attack them. And so Nehemiah said, okay, this is what we're going to do. He said, half of you are going to build and half of you are going to stand guard. And all of you are going to strap a sword on your side, have a hammer on your hand and a sword at your side. And if you hear the trumpet sound, you drop your hammer and you take out your sword and you go to protect the walls. We're going to be this year battling and building in Jesus name and building and battling in the name of Jesus. But see, the enemy is not intimidated by Christians who don't build. He's not intimidated by Christians who just get busy with activities and hide out in church and just hope for the rapture, hope that they just don't sin too much. No, God has raised up people who say, we're going to advance the kingdom. We're going to build what God's doing. And I promise you, the enemy is going to try and rise up against that. But that's why God's word says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you will be shown to be in the wrong. God is saying, get your hammer, get your sword. I'm going to teach you to battle. I'm going to teach you to build in 2024. Come on, someone tell your neighbor, we're going to battle. Someone tell your neighbor, we're going to build. And we're going to make sure that we build on the rock. We're going to build on the rock. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3, 9 to 15. And it says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. And someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Let's pull a few pas- a few parts from this passage. First and foremost, I want you to know it's a year to build, and God says there is grace to build in 2024. See, Paul talks about here, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder. God is raising up and training skilled master builders. He wants to give you skilled master building uh, strategy in your family, skilled master building strategy in your business, skilled master building strategy in the marketplace and in the different areas of what he's called you to. There's an anointing and a grace coming for skilled master building. It's not just a work of ourselves, but it's people who will stay at the altar, people who will prioritize Jesus in their life. And just like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, when they refused, they were in Babylon, but they refused to eat the food that was presented to them, but they stayed faithful to the Lord. And the Bible said they were raised up as those who were 10 times better. There is a 10 times better anointing that God wants to bring for master building for those who will say yes to him in 2024. But there's grace for it. Somebody say there's grace. The second thing from this passage I want to encourage you is we need to pay attention to our foundations. 
a wise builder will tell you, I could probably get Don up here to talk a little bit because he did a lot of work in construction. But if you're going to build a skyscraper, the first thing you pay attention to is make sure you get the foundation right. And you do not go up until you make sure you've gone down. Now, if you drive around Toronto and you see all the construction, I mean, there's construction happening everywhere, but you get some of these massive skyscrapers, they spend months digging a hole. They spend months laying the foundation. Why? Because it's not just about the building looking good. They want to make sure the building is going to stand the test of time and that when it gets windy, that building's going to stand. If there's any kind of shaking, that building's going to stand. God is saying, I'm calling you to build, but he's saying for me, pay attention to the foundations. The foundation that you don't see, the foundation that's not glamorous, the foundation that's not easy. Then there's 21 days of prayer and fasting. It was hard sometimes. It was difficult. Sometimes you didn't feel spiritual at all, but what you were doing was you had that spiritual shovel and we're digging a foundation. We're laying a foundation. And see, once they get the foundation right, that building can go up so quickly that it can go up quickly with strength. Why? Because they first built the foundation. Guys, the man who built his house on the rock paid attention to his foundation. The man who built his house on the sand went for the easy route. It's not a year to go easy. It's a year to take the time to build the foundation. Take the time to let God bring real inner healing in your heart. Take the time to stop looking for outside sources to medicate what's going on. Let the Lord work with you. Have Jesus. Have counseling. Have prayer ministry. Have deliverance. Go on encounter. Whatever you got to do, say, I'm getting my foundation right, so I'm ready for what God is building in my life and in my church. Come on, somebody say it's a year to build. So we need to pay attention to the foundation. The other thing is we all need to recognize that each of us has our part to build. Building in the kingdom is not a solo endeavor. And we wrestle with this because as Western-minded people, we always think of individual before community. We think individual before family. Now, one of the blessings of being in a church like Toronto City Church where the nations are here and represented some of you come from cultures and your family of origin, there, there is a lot more sense for community. So that helps us move that. But there's always this battle because we even filter and hear a message, yeah, what I'm going to build and what God's going to do through me and my life. And no, I can't get too busy at church because I'm building. And we hear all these things that we don't hear we, we don't hear us. We don't understand that in the kingdom, you always build with others. It's, it's, not, God, it's not God's intention for you to build alone. There's some seasons, maybe you have to walk alone. You're never really alone because he's with you, but that's not his long-term goal, but that we have our part to build. And then I love this part, it says, let each one take care how they build. And then he goes in talking about it. So it's interesting. Now, do we have to build, but we have to pay attention to how we're building. It really matters. And then he goes on here, he talks about, he says, there's the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, being born again, having Jesus' life. But then the way we live our lives, we build on top of that. And Paul tells us here, we have a choice. We can build on this foundation. We all have the same foundation, but what do we choose to build on it? We can build with gold, silver, precious stones, or we can build with wood, hay, straw. And then it says, on that day, it will be disclosed and revealed by fire. That suggests to me that sometimes gold, silver, precious stones from a natural perspective doesn't look like it. When you build God's way, sometimes if you're looking through the lens of the world, there seems to be some other people are ahead of you or some people have more than you. But what really matters is on that day, when you stand before Jesus, it's going to reveal what was really there. What is this talking about? It's actually talking about the judgment seat of Christ. See, many Christians don't know this because the teaching is, you know, maybe become a lost art a little bit, but there's actually two judgment seats that we are going to stand before God. The first is the great white throne of judgment that's at the end of the book of Revelation. That is the judgment seat where every human being that's ever lived will come before God. And on that day, we're all guilty because all of us before a holy God have sinned. But if our name is written in the Lamb's book of life, then we stand before God in Christ and we stand as someone who's never sinned. And so that's going to be a great but also a terrible day because there's going to be so many people who are sent into an eternity without God. That's why it matters that we live for Jesus. That's why it matters that we share our faith with those around us. And that's the great white throne of judgment. But then there's also here when it says that day, this is a different judgment seat. Because there's also going to be a point where you and I as believers are going to stand before Jesus. 
And we're going to give an account on how we lived our life for him. And I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but this passage teaches us that somehow our life is going to be represented before him and it is going to pass through a holy fire. And how we spent our time, how we spent our money, the way we treated people, the way we lived, served, gave, sacrificed, all that will be revealed. And we will find out in that moment, was my life gold, silver, or precious stones, or was my life wood, hay, and straw? See, here's what I realized very quickly. Look at that. Wood, hay, and straw is taking the easy route. Wood, hay, and straw is living for myself. Right? You saw, oh, Jesus forgives me. Jesus loves me. Pastor, I've got grace. Yeah, you got grace. And Jesus has forgiven you. And Jesus loves you. But you may end up standing before the judgment seat of Christ with a pile of ash because you lived your life for yourself instead of living your life for him. I don't know about you, but I want to build a life that when it passes through that fire, you start to see the gold, you start to see the silver, you start to see the precious jewels. And guys, I want you to know at that moment, every bit of persecution I ever face will be worth it. Every time I fasted will be worth it. Every time I sacrificed, it will be worth it. Every time I could have taken the easy road, but I followed the Jesus road, it will be worth it. Why? Because on that day, I want to hear him say, well done good and faithful servant. How many people want to hear well done, good and faithful servant? But see, it matters about the life that we're building. Let's take care how we build. Let's build, but let's also watch how we build. Luke 14, 28 says this, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. That's a sobering verse, but I want to encourage you today. God's saying, count the cost. Now, count the cost, sometimes we hear it just from a negative connotation, like, oh, it's going to be really bad, count the cost. I'm not saying that, but here's what I'm saying. Jesus is looking for people to give all. Jesus is looking for people to follow him with all their heart. And you want to make sure, don't go into it half-hearted. Don't go into it kind of like one foot on the boat, one foot on the dock, still trying to live in oil. No, it's time to count the cost. It's time to count the cost. But can I tell you this? It costs you something, but it is worth so much more. Because I promise you, living for yourself and living in the world costs you something too. And it costs you a whole lot more pain and a whole lot more, but we need to count the cost. God is calling us to build, but he's saying, listen, don't do it flippantly. Don't just get stirred up by a message that Pastor Brennan preached, like in your heart, set your heart and say, God, I want to build in 2024. God, I want the grace to build in 2024. God, I'm believing you that 2024 is my year to build in Jesus name. Let's build for things that matter for eternity. Let's look now to first Thessalonians five verse 11, because we're starting with, we need to build on the rock. Everybody say build on the rock. God is calling us to build our personal lives on the rock. But 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So 2024 is a year to build our lives on the rock. And 2024 is a year to go hardcore of building one another up. That's where we've got to deal a death blow to this individuality where it's just about me and everything that's easy for me. Oh, God's saying, no, I'm calling you to build each other up. How can you help somebody else build in 2024? How can you encourage somebody else to build in 2024? Don't just see it through the lens of yourself and what you're building, but can we have a heart in 2024 to say, God, how can I be joined with others in 2024? God, how can I see others get established in what God has for them in 2024? God, how can I see others increase in 2024? God, how can I see others strengthened in 2024? Come on, somebody say, build one another up. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds its up in love. Let me just encourage you with a couple things of this passage. First, I want to talk to you about the fivefold ministry gifts. These are gifts that God gave to the body of Christ, the apostles, 
prophets, evangelists, pastors, shepherds, and teachers. They're all necessary for this day. There's some that believe they've passed away, but we need all five today because we're not done seeing the body matured yet. We're not done building where God has called us to. And I believe in 2024, God is calling us at Toronto City Church to build even in each of these realms. God is calling us and God is building us as an apostolic house. What does it mean to be apostolic house? An apostolic house is a house that God gives a grace and an anointing and also a heart to serve the broader body of Christ and not just themselves. It looks that way. Now, it's not even like serve yourselves is a bad thing. There's many churches that have a calling to be a local church, and that's what they've called to. But when you shift into being an apostolic house, you still want to have a very strong local church, and we are still going to have an amazingly strong local church with amazing pastoring and amazing teaching. But God starts to stretch our hearts and minds and say, listen, I want you to serve the body more. I want you to be open for things that I'm going to ask of you that are going to make an impact in the body of Christ. So God's building us as an apostolic house house. God has also continued to build us as a prophetic house. I'm thankful for all that's happening here. School of the Spirit, the leadership Pastor Sharon is bringing, Pastor Samuel is bringing, all of you, so many of you are jumping on board, and this is being a place where we're going to know how to hear God. We're going to know how to speak on behalf of God, but God wants to increase us as a prophetic house. But remember, as well, being a prophetic house means being willing to speak the Word of God even on a larger scale. And it means saying what God says the way God says it, even if it's not popular in the world around us. And we do it with the love of God. We never do it without love. But we are called to say what God says and to say it the way God says it. We don't need to apologize for God and qualify God and give extra explanations. We need to have that heart with love and with purity to say this is what God says and to say it the way he says it. Right? If I'm not apologizing about something, don't apologize on my behalf, please. And God is saying, I'm calling you to be a prophetic house. And, and don't get down to yourself. We all work through that. And we all grow. I'm working through it and growing in that. But this is why God is growing us. He's calling us to build. Come on, someone say it's a year to build. God is building us as evangelistic house. I'm asking God that this year we will win more souls to Jesus Christ than we have in the last five years combined. Or more than that. I mean, you pick it. But will we have a house? I'm excited about Alpha starting because that's a, a shot for us to say, hey, let's take a step forward. Let's believe for people to come into the kingdom. He's building us an evangelistic house. God is also building us as a shepherding or a pastoring house. See, we're not taking away from that. We are going to build strength and we're going to build health and we're going to build healing and wholeness here at Toronto City Church. God wants you to be healed and whole and to be in family and community. But God is looking for shepherds who wise up and say, I want to be part of shepherding and caring for those that God's taking care of. See, the problem is many times, and we don't even realize this, many paradigms will look at me and say, yeah, pastor, you're the pastor, you shepherd everyone. But the problem is I'm only one man and I can only get to so many people. God says, I want to raise a house filled with people with a shepherd's heart. I want to raise a house with people who are willing to say, Lord, give me a shepherd's heart because God says, oh, wait, there's a house I can send more lambs to. There's a house I can send more sheep to. Sometimes a church doesn't grow because God loves them too much and God loves people too much to send them into a church where they won't be cared for. God says, I need you to raise up shepherds in the house to take the time with people to care for them. And guys, straight up, can I just be honest? If the perspective is that's Pastor Brendan, Pastor Sharon, Pastor Sam, a few other people, you're going to burn us out. We cannot shepherd everybody. Our job is to equip shepherds to love people. And of course, we're going to do it when God calls us to, but I want you to rise up as shepherds. And if we're going to build it saying, Lord, I volunteer, I'm ready. You say, I don't know very much. That's okay. There's on the job training and God's going to empower you and give you strength to do it. But somebody say we're building shepherds. And the last one is God's building us as a teaching house. More than ever in this day and age, we need sound doctrine. We need people who know what the word of God says and who stand on the word of God and are not moved by the winds and the waves of popular culture. And we cannot just say, well, you know, pick and choose. This is not a buffet church where you pick which parts of the Bible you believe and which parts you don't. This is grandma's house. You eat everything on the plate and you don't get dessert unless you eat everything on the plate. And so this is what it is. We need to have that heart. Listen, this is not, you know, I don't know, most buffets are out of style. Mandarin. I used to love Mandarin. I used to get my money's worth at Mandarin. I'm too old to do that now. 
and my wife's kind of helped me point out some other things. But you know what I'm saying? The point being is this, well, I'll pick this, I'll pick that. No, I don't want that. We leave that. It's like, I love Shiloh. You know, when you're kids, you get into battles over it. Micah, Micah would fight us tooth and nail, right? Micah's just that kind of kid. I remember I tell you stories about, man, when this kid was little, I mean, oh gosh, trying to get him into his car seat was a battle. You know, kids arch their back. I mean, he'd go into all arch mode. He'd arch his back and I'm literally trying to push him in. I mean, it must've looked terrible because you got this man like fighting with everything he's worth to get this toddler in his car seat. And I finally get him in there and buckle him up. And so then he got the bright idea. We got a little older. He started yelling, help, help. (laughs) I dealt with that one very quickly. I'll tell you that. Officer, there's this white man kidnapping a young black child. I don't know what's going on. Right? The kid's yelling for help. (laughs) But, you know, Shiloh took a totally different tact. We asked Shiloh to do something she didn't want to do. She'd just say, no, thank you. (laughs) Shiloh, time for bed. No, thank you. (laughs) Shiloh, I need you to clean up your room. No, thank you. Shiloh, eat your food. No, thank you. I mean, it's a totally different tact. You're like, what do I do with this now? She said, no, thank you. She's being polite. Right? But here's the problem. Whether you fight it or whether you're very nice and polite, stop saying no thank you to God. Stop saying I'll take this part and I'll leave this part. I'll follow you here, but I'm not going there. Jesus, you can have this part of my life, but don't touch this part of my life. We're not going to be buffet Christians, but we're grandma house Christians where we eat everything on the plate. Someone tell your neighbor everything on the plate. Everything on the plate, a teaching house. And what I love this is watch this. The fivefold equips the saints for the work of the ministry. They don't do the work of the ministry. They equip. They empower you. So someone look at your neighbor. Say, you're a saint. I know for some of us, our religious background, we're like, oh my gosh, can I even say it? No, saint means holy ones. You're holy in Jesus. You're a saint. And someone look at your neighbor and tell them you're called to the ministry. Now, that used to mean you got to go to Bible college and work for a church. I can't hire all of you. You're not called to go to Bible college and work for the church. Some of you are, but here's what most of you are called to do. You're called to be salt and light in the business world, in the education world, in the entertainment and industry world. You are called to be there, but not be there just surviving. Be there on mission as a light for Jesus Christ. That's what you're called to, and that's what we are called to equip you towards. And watch this. What is the whole point of the work of the ministry? Look back to the passage. The whole point of the work of the ministry is building up the body of Christ. Someone say it's a year to build. So this year, will we build our lives on the rock? Will we commit to building up one another? And will we commit to building up the body of Christ? Will we commit to building his body and building it up? I love this. God is calling us to build. And I love this last part where it says, makes the body grow so it builds itself up in love. And that's so powerful. We're going to build in love, guys. Never forget that. God is saying, I've called you to build but I've called you to build in love. That means first and foremost that we are encountering God's love for us because that's the fuel for the fire. But then can we commit as a church, let's just make it our goal that every person who walks through those doors, every person that interacts in some ways is just going to get totally swamped with the unconditional love of God. That doesn't matter where you've come from, what you've done, what's going on, what you're wearing, who you are. Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. Jesus believes in you. And we are going to take the same heart and we're going to take the same tack. Will we commit to walk in love? And then will we commit to fight to keep our love? What does that mean? You get churches that get momentum and growth and God's moving. I'll tell you one of the enemy's top strategies against them is get them into strife and division and bitterness and unforgiveness against each other. You've got to make a decision. I'm going to stay in love. Somebody takes my seat where I usually sit every Sunday. I'm walking in love. Somebody steps on my brand new shoes on Sunday or they're looking at me funny. I'm going to walk in love. Somebody does something that hurts my feelings. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to take a stand against strife. I'm going to take a stand against gossip. I'm going to take a a stand against jealousy. I'm going to take a stand against unforgiveness. Guys, don't let the enemy stop you from building. I remember with Nehemiah, they were trying all the different strategies, intimidation, threats. So then they tried to deceive him. 
and they said, hey, come down and meet us over here in the valley. Come meet us. And Nehemiah looked at them. He said, I'm building a great work for the Lord. I don't have time to come down there with you. Listen, some of you this year, that's your word. Get busy building the work of God. And when someone's trying to pull you off course and they're not following Jesus, they're not after God, you just need to look at them with a smile and say, I'm building a great work and I don't have time to go on that date with you. I'm building a great work and I don't have a time to get into fuss with you. I'm building a great work and I don't have time to hold unforgiveness against you. I forgive you. I love you. I bless you. I release you. Not because I'm super Christian and not because you deserve it, but because I'm building a work that God's called me to do and I cannot get distracted from what God's asking me to do. Someone say it's a year to build. We're almost done. Proverbs 24 verse 3. By wisdom a house is built and by understanding it's established. So this is a year to build in our lives, in our church, and God's saying, I am pouring out unusual and uncommon wisdom to build. I just said, sometimes we get excited, we're going to build. God says, yeah, but get the wisdom from me on how to build. Get the wisdom from me on where to build. Get the wisdom from me on who to build with, who to align yourself with. Some of you, God's going to call you somewhere. You better make sure you don't take a lot with you. What do I mean? Abraham, because God told him, go, leave all your family, and God went, but he took Lot along with him. Why did he take Lot? I'm sure there were a number of reasons, but I'll tell you one of the main reasons he took Lot, because Lot was the son of his brother who had died, and Abraham went through that trauma and that pain, and he couldn't let go of Lot because of what he walked through in the past, but when he brought Lot, not only did he damage himself, but he damaged Lot because he wasn't obeying God. Go after what God's saying, but make that decision and build with wisdom. God's going to give you wisdom. God's going to give you wisdom in your family. God's going to give you wisdom in your business. God's going to give you wisdom in your relationships. But that's why we have to have the foundation of Christ. That's why we have to make sure we're staying at the altar because it's not us who's going to do it, but it's him through us. And we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the heart of him coming and giving us, uh, opening our eyes to see. Everybody say wisdom. One of great ways to engage in wisdom, Proverbs is the book anointed for wisdom. 31 chapters, read one every day. You say, well, what about November when there's only 30? Read two in one day. All right, in February, it's a leap year, so you only have to read three in one day in February. Do two on one days, or if you're really meticulous, just split it up technically. Get through it all because it's going to pour wisdom into your heart. And let's go last but not least here, Matthew 16, verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Here's what I want to encourage you guys. This is what we remember. Jesus is the foundation, and Jesus is first and foremost building. And Jesus is first and foremost building his church. And so I want to encourage you, even this year, as we're talking about building, understand that it is not us who is setting the pace, but it's us who's being responsive to our Savior and our Master. He's building so we're building. He's giving us the power to build, so we build. That's why we have to keep centered on him. It can be easy to turn what you're building into an idol if you start loving it more than you love Jesus. But if you stay centered on Jesus and you build with him, and then you see that he is building his church. So here's the point. He's building his church. Will we join him? And saying, I want to have a heart to join you in what you're building. Here's, here's a key for you. Stop trying to get Jesus to come join you in what you're doing. Go join Jesus in what he's doing, and then he'll also help you get done what you need to get done. But join him in building. And he said, I'm building my church. I am building my church. The Greek word for church is ekklesia. It's not talking about a building. It's not talking about a legal organization, but it's talking about called out people who spiritually rule and reign in authority. That's what God is doing, and that's what God has raised up. And Jesus said, I'm building my church. But will we have the heart to join him? Will we have the heart to join him in building his church and building his kingdom? Yes, let's build our lives upon his love and upon the rock this year. Yes, let's build up one another. Yes, let's build the body of Christ. But part of that is saying, God, I want to be part of building the church. And as much as I'm encouraging yourselves, I want to boldly but humbly call on you. Let's build this thing that God has given us together. Let's build what he's doing here at Toronto City Church. Let's sacrifice. Let's keep praying. Let's keep giving. Let's keep stepping forward. If I can say it just really straightforward, there's some of you, you've been sitting for a while now, and God's saying, I haven't just called you to sit, I've called you to serve. I've called you to get involved and to be involved. 
involved. Some of you, you're holding back, maybe because of bad experiences. If you're holding back because of church hurt from the past, listen, there's healing. God can bring healing for that. But don't allow a bad experience in your past to stop you from ever building for the rest of your life going forward. Trust God. Walk it out with him. But I tell you, we're not perfect at this church, but we're working on being a safe place where we care about you and not just what you do. And we have amazing leaders spread all throughout our church and we want to see you involved, but will we have a heart to build his church? Will we have heart for prayer? Will we have heart for giving our time? Will we have a heart for finances? Next week, we have our first fruits offering. And this is an amazing opportunity to go above and beyond our regular giving and to sow into what God's building here at Toronto City Church. Will we give of our finances and will we give a heart, most importantly, above all else, for souls? See, the kingdom of God, Jesus said, he said, it's not here nor there, it's within you. Every time someone becomes a Christian, the kingdom gets bigger. Every time someone turns from darkness and comes to light, the kingdom gets bigger. How do we build the kingdom? I'll tell you, there's different things that we can do, but the primary way is this year, can every one of us pray, God, let me bring at least one person to you. God, let me bring, just pray and say, God, who's someone I can pray for? Who's someone I can love on? Who's someone I can invite out to church? Just one person. If all of us in this year just brought one person each, but will we have that prayer? Will we have that heart? It says that, and I love this last part. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I want to encourage you in that as we're bringing this to a close. Jesus is calling us to build. Jesus is calling us not just to hide out in here and hope for the rapture or hide out in here and hope we don't sin and make it to heaven. But Jesus is saying, I'm calling you to march on the gates of hell. What I love about that is gates are not offensive. Gates are defensive. God has not called us to be a defensive people who hide out and hope he comes back soon. God is calling us to march on the gates of hell. And he said, the gates of hell will not prevail. That God is calling us to go into all the world with the gospel. To go into all the world with the love of Jesus. And yes there will be battles. And yes there will be challenges. And yes there will be difficulties. But he said I'm building my church. I'm building you and the gates of hell will not prevail. Come on someone say with me the gates of hell will not prevail. And so I'm so excited this year, guys. I'm excited for what God is going to build in your lives. Say yes to him to build in you. I'm also excited about what I believe God is going to build in our church. I believe there's some amazing things that he wants to build, but will we be those who say yes? Will we be those who say yes to him, who say yes to what he's building? I want you to picture you invite someone to come and build. They still have to say yes. They still have to come. And I see the Lord standing today. He's got a hammer and he's got a sword. And he said, will you receive the call to battle and build? On Friday night at prayer, there was a call for warfare in the spirit. And there was a call as the army of God. And that we're moving into more of a season where God's training our hands for battle and our fingers for war. But I see God saying it's a year to battle and to build. But primarily he's saying it's not mostly about battling. It's about building because what you're building is advancing the kingdom. And then when the enemy tries to stop, that's when you go into battle mode. And so this is a year to build. Everybody say it's a year to build. And so I'm excited what God's doing here at TCC. I'm excited about what he's building going forward. We have an incredible heritage of 36 years. We're coming into 36 years this year that Toronto State Church has been here. I'm so thankful for our heritage. I'm so thankful for our history. But here's what I believe. We're just getting started. And I'm looking forward to the next 36 plus year. I remember someone said this way, live every day like Jesus is coming back today and build every day like Jesus is coming back in 100 years. Right? That so we need to have this heart. Live with an awareness of the Lord's coming, and um, but build. And then if he comes. Well, if he comes, we just offer it to him as an offering anyways. But don't go, well, he's coming, so we don't really need to do much because Jesus is coming back. They've been saying that since the 40s, since the 70s. And there's so many things that weren't built in the kingdom because people were just waiting to get out of here and staying, saying, no, yeah, come when you come, Jesus. But we're going to build your kingdom. We're going to build your church alongside you. And the gates of hell will not prevail against what you're building. And so I'm excited about our heritage, but I'm also excited about God's doing new things in 2024. And I want you to be excited. And as I said, we have a couple of surprises today. I just want to share with you about some of the new things that are happening. Check out the video.
Somebody say it's a year to build. So just to recap really quickly, and have Jerry and the team can come join me here. As you've seen, we're stepping out this year, a new logo and a new brand. And so with Toronto State Church, also stay tuned. We've got church merch coming soon, so there'll be opportunity to rep TCC. You also, we've got a new website. We reach so many people through our website. Many of you came because of the website, and it sorely needed an upgrade. But we want to take it to the next level to reach as many people as we can. We have a new season of Connect Groups, and we're going to introduce those more next week and kick those off. We also have new ministries that we're starting. Wild Pioneers is starting tonight. The Alpha Course, it's a relaunch, but it's a new thing that God is doing. Also, in the spring, we're looking at a marketplace ministry, and this is going to be networking and empowering for those who are called to business. We're also going to continue in the spirit of prayer. We're now going to have monthly prayer weeks where we take extra focus on prayer. We do the 6 a.m. We do the Friday night. We're going to throw in Sunday revival nights every once in a while. There's going to be new courses, new ministries while strengthening ones we have. You may have also noticed we're a new service time. So our 9 a.m. is going to start at 9.30 a.m. And it's just to give us an opportunity to reach some more people with that. And I believe there's even more new that is coming that we don't even see yet. So see, that's why God had to take us deeper, and then God had to teach us to walk by faith. Because there's things we see, but I believe there's some things that are really going to accelerate this year. And so there's going to be some Sundays where I stand up here and I say, hey guys, time to build something new, and we're going to talk about it, because this is a year to build. Everybody say, it is a year to build. And so next Sunday is going to be really important, because number one, we have our First Fruits offering. And so our First Fruits offering is going to be happening next Sunday. And this is an opportunity. Again, I'm not trying to do a fundraising thing. Hear from God and obey God. But will we sow into what God is building here at TCC? And will we sow into that with his building? I also want to encourage you, next week we're going to be sharing more about connect groups. And we want to put a renewed emphasis on meeting in the temple, but also meeting from house to house. And that we are going to get connected. So we're going to share more about that next week, pray over the leaders and introduce to you what's happening there. We're also got School of the Spirit, School of Prayer. We have encounter weekends coming up in March. And so we're going to have men's encounters and women's encounters. The numbers are going to be limited. So you want to make sure you sign up early. And then we are just going to continue to move forward and build all that God's doing. Someone say it's a year to build. How many people are ready to build? Amen. So we're, we're going to pray into this for a second. Hey, you can roll with me. But, but here's where I want to bring it back to. Because it was such today, I, I think it was just so appropriate and spirit-led, even what we are declaring in worship. Because here's what I want to encourage you. We're going to build, but we need to never forget that we need to build starting from the altar. The first thing we've been building this year and we need to continue to build is the altar. So that's the first thing. When Abraham would go somewhere, you know, in the Bible, you see it. They, Jacob had a moment with God. They'd build an altar. So we've been building altars. But the danger is we get excited about building all these other things that God shows us and we begin to neglect the altar. We begin to neglect that place of worship, that place of the presence of God, that place of sacrifice, that place of the priority of Jesus above all else. Guys, it's a real danger. If you look in the scriptures, people fell not when they were struggling and needed God, but they fell when things started to go well and they began to rise up in pride. The key is all of us can fall into that, but if we build the altar before God, if we build his altar, will we be people, even as we go into this year of building, will we be people as even as we go into all these things that God has called us to, will we be people who commit first and foremost to continue to build the altar? Will we build from the altar? If I get Matthew and the team to come back and join me as well. If we can build from the altar. And so even as we we consecrate this time, Lord, we're, we're going to bring things to a close. But I just want us to take a few moments to pray together. I want to take us a few more moments before the Lord, because this is about consecrating ourselves, and this is saying, God, because remember, there's grace to build. It's not something you just have to figure out yourself, but there's grace to build. But that building comes from the altar. And so if your heart is with me, and you're saying, I want that grace to build this year, I want to build my life on the rock. I want to build up my brothers and sisters. I want to build up the body. I want to build the church. I want to build in the kingdom. I want to be part, but I always want to make sure I'm building that altar. If that's your heart to join me in that, I just want to invite you just to stand to your feet right now and just to raise your, hold your hands out before the Lord because we're just going to believe him to pour that grace into us this year. 
Remember, we're talking about counting the cost, so it's not like just a quick little, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. This feels nice, but it's actually saying, okay, I'm going to build it. You know, at first service, we, we got everyone to come forward to the altar, but we honestly just don't have space because it's totally packed right now, and most of this wouldn't fit. So build the altar right where you are, but it's building that altar. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today. Lord, even as you've released this word for 2024, that is a year to build. God, I thank you for a grace to build rising on every one of us right now. God, I thank you for a grace to build in our families, a grace to build in our personal life. God, a grace to build in our workplace, in our business, God, in our schooling, God. God, a place to build in your kingdom. God, a grace to build your church in Jesus' name. And we thank you for that, God. Lord, I thank you for wise master builders, the anointing of you, the wise master builder coming on us to build in Jesus' name. But Father, I pray even as we receive this grace to build today, God, Lord, we'll never lose sight that we need to build from the altar. God, that we need to build from the altar, that we need to prioritize the altar, God. And Lord, no matter how big it gets, no matter how high the building goes, God, that we will never turn to pride, but we always walk with hunger and humility, God. And Lord, we will always prioritize the altar in our lives in Jesus' name. And so I pray this grace over everyone in this place. God, I thank you for all that you're going to build. I thank you for all that you're doing, God. But I pray right now in Jesus' name, just say, receive it. Say, God, I want to build at the altar. God, I want to build from the altar. I don't want this just to be a thing we do in January every year, and then we just throw it aside. But this is about all year thing, that we would be at the altar in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we just thank you today, God, and we just make this declaration, God, God, that we will build from the altar in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I won't leave until my heart is burning. Come on, make it your declaration. Church saying, I won't leave, I won't leave until my heart is burning, it's burning, until my heart is burning, I won't leave until my heart is burning, I will stay at the altar, or raise it up all over the building. Sing, I won't leave. I won't leave until my heart, so my heart is, is burning. It's burning. Till it's burning. I won't leave. Till my heart is burning. So I will build at the altar.
let's just, just as we bring this to a close today, let's just put our hearts out before the Lord. Put our hearts out before the Lord. This is what matters. This is what it's all about. It's building from the altar. And so, Father, we thank you that 2024 is a year to build. And I thank you that 2024 is a year to build from the altar. God, to build at the altar, to build from the altar, to bring others to the altar, God, to keep the altar at the center of everything. God, because that's our place of worship, our place of sacrifice, our place of meeting with you, our place of the presence. And so we thank you for all this today in Jesus' name.